Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 143 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, as the, is the new tradition, I guess. Um, this is a recording before the game when uh, my mood is, I guess, let's hopefully, like, you know, when it's more neutral. I was going to say worse, but that would imply that, you know, we're losing this game, which you never know. We, you know, like, chances are we probably will. Hate to be that negative, but, you know, there's a chance we might win this game. But anyways, so I want to give a, a good, just a, just a short little preview of what's to come. So um, the starters have been announced, and it's going to be uh, Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, Metu, and Len. Now, the, the Metu part is interesting because he barely played, like, in a lot of these, I think. No, he was in on the Cleveland game, but he wasn't in at all in the Hornets game, and it's just this weird juggling with him, where, like, he's either starting and or he's not playing. And granted, he only plays, like, you know, I think mid-20s at most. He doesn't play that many minutes even when he starts, but it's just kind of weird how they keep shoveling him in and out of the lineup. Like, he can be kind of a... Eh, although, you know, with Terrence Davis and Buddy Heal jacking shots, there's not going to be much he's going to be doing. Hmm. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But um, another thing that's interesting, Damian Jones will play. And I, I, you know, I spoke about him in the last game. Like, probably should, like, play a little bit more. He plays with a certain level of energy you just don't get. It's kind of like in a, kind of like how Metu plays. But, you know, he's just a little bit taller. He's a mobile guy. He's a lob threat. Like, play him a little bit with Halliburton. Like, give him another kind of very, very dangerous lob threat. So, you know, that that's interesting going forward. Um... Uh, there's no news that I got from Toronto. I assume that it's just going to be Pascal, uh, was it Fred Van Vliet, um, Gary Trent, and uh, who else? Does Chris Boucher start? I don't think Chris Boucher starts. Who's their center? Oh, God. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm completely drawing a, drawing a blank. You can tell I don't watch that many uh, Toronto games. <laughs> um, anyways, um, quick thing I want to go over about uh, a report that came out. It's a... Uh, Shams Inside Pass. He published an article just kind of detailing some trade talks and some news stories to be looking forward to. So, uh, relating to the Kings, uh, Kings are apparently in the discussion or like they have shown interest in Ben Simmons and Sabonis. And the Simmons one is interesting because apparently there are more teams coming, coming to the table now and Sacramento is one of the teams that is listed there. And also in the report, they've said that Sabonis is also a target. Miles Turner is also a target. But uh, Sack B came out with another report. Although the the way they kind of talked about it is that um, the King one source tells that the Kings um, or no no no. So basically, they're saying like they're no longer really interested. But like if you kind of read into it, they say they haven't talked to them since last week. The Kings haven't talked to Indiana since last week. So maybe t- you know these talks can kind of heat up and cool down at any moment. Doesn't really mean that they're not interested, but maybe the asking price is a bit let's just say you know high for the Kings' liking maybe. But, like, I hope they do go after Sabonis or Turner. Preferably, I prefer t- Turner, but Sabonis probably ends up being the better guy, although the price tag on him is probably going to be pretty high, <laughs> too. So, And then the Simmons thing. Let's see if Daryl Morey has stopped tripping. Like, um, I love James Ham's analogy. Like, he basically says, you know, like, you have a $2 million house, and 
people are only willing to pay $1 million for it. Like no one's coming to you with $2 million at all. So guess what? You have a $1 million house and that's the situation that Daryl Moore is going to have to come to terms with it. Although this, this guy is out here asking for $10 million, basically. I mean, Jesus Christ, like the report came out about what? CJ McCollum and six picks, basically. Although three of them were swapped, but like, don't get 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 out get the fuck out of here you're not getting that like Simmons great player he ain't getting you six draft picks he ain't James Harden like get like get off your get off get your head out of your ass like what is that offer and yeah like lord knows like what he asked from the Kings like I don't know Halliburton Davion and Foxen probably Barnes for good measure and you know two draft picks go fuck yourself Daryl Moore if that's what he asked Let's see. Let's see if he stopped tripping. Uh, apparently, there's no indication on the traction uh, on any team in, in terms of talks. But you know, it might be ramping up to that uh, December 15th deadline. We'll see. Um, there's another interesting report, basically saying that the uh, Jazz are looking for a defensive wing. So Kings do have a defensive wing that is probably going to be on the market in, during December, and his name is Mo Harkless. He is very much a defensive wing. And let me just take a look at the Jazz's roster, see who could be traded. Well, not who could be traded, but more of just who's interesting. Now, they're not going to trade Royce O'Neal to us. Uh, Azubuki, <laughs> Eric Pascal. Eh, Pascal is actually an interesting one. He could be kind of a pick-and-roll guy. And maybe you can fleece uh, Jared Butler from them. Malik Fitz. Oh. Huh. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you can get a draft pick from them for, for Mo Harker was possibly. They have a trade. They have a nine million dollar trade exception for Derek Favors. But that's somewhat. That's a team I'm, I'll be looking at because you know Mo Harkless is a defensive minded wing and you know is a veteran and probably could help them just a bit. And uh, yeah, that's the thing to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, that's all I got for this preview. Um, for this, uh, well, I didn't even talk about the game that's about to happen, but um, I'm just gonna, for the sake of my sanity, I'm, I want the Kings to win this one. I don't know how they're gonna do it. They got d- demolished last time um, they faced against the Raptors, um, and like I don't know how they're gonna counteract that length of just like the the tr- like trio, like the absolute kind of overflow of just long ass wing like long as small ball fours and small ball fives that they have and uh yeah we'll, we'll see how they do this one but for the sake of my sanity please win this one and you know like and also um mentioned in the report um about how eric um what's it called pascal siaco kings are interested you talk about price tags i imagine his price tag is going to be sky high so i'm just not going to bother talking about that that much okay gonna expect a win and uh Hopefully, like, oh, oh, by the way, Fong will be back, so I'll be talking to him about the game. Um, again, hopefully, maybe he brings a little bit of good luck. You never know. Okay, uh, after this short commercial break, you will be hearing me and Fong talk about what just happened in the game. Okay, well, that was a game. I was hoping for a win for the sake of my sanity in the preview, but alas, it was not to be. The Kings fall pretty pathetically to uh, the Raptors 124-101. However, a bright spot, not for the Kings, but for this podcast, Fong is back. 
Hello. Yes, I am back. All right. So uh, even though you're back, you unfortunately did not get to catch much of the game at all. So, you know, just just tell me quickly what you saw and then I'll, I guess, recap the game. So, yeah, pretty much I think I went in like, I'll say probably two minutes into the fourth already. Uh Pretty much our bench unit was out there with uh, Terrence Davis, Buddy Heald, uh, Tristan Thompson, Marvin Bagley, and I believe Metu. And from the first few minutes that I saw, I was like, oh, not bad. Some decent defense. And, you know, we got some rebounds. We got some fast breaks. And, uh, you know, I saw that Matt, uh, Marvin Bagley uh, put back on the missed shot. Not bad, not bad. Uh, score says otherwise, so I, I think you have stuff to say about it, huh? Okay. Well, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, just write, I'll just read, honestly, what's on my thing. Basically, length is the name of the game. We saw this live in Sacramento when the Raptors came. The, the Raptors have crazy amounts of like just tall guys with long arms and you know you have scotty barnes you have pascal siakam yeah chris Boucher. like that that's three long ass guys in the front court and then of course you have like fred van vliet and gary trent jr both defensive guys who just and they were just suffocating to start like they the Kings could not get anything going on offense. They they went down oh oh went down 11-0 Raptors lead. And of course, they actually did fight back, but like the suffocating length was apparent. They just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get into the lane. Their their shots weren't falling. And at any time, like basically because of like you know the, they couldn't get anything going on offense. Anytime they took a shot, it the offense like was positioned in a way that was made made it very hard to get back on defense and that led to so many fast break points i'm looking at the stats right now apparently there was 22 points off turnovers and 22 fast break points oh boy no it was way more than that it was so much more basically anytime like it felt like the kings missed a shot boom fast break on the other end anytime the kings missed a free throw boom fast break on the other end turnover fast break on the other end just constant, constant fast break. And the frustrating thing is, the Raptors, you, you understand why the Raptors aren't a good team, because they can't really score in the half court all that well. So those t- those 22 fast break points, technically, like that was basically the difference in the game. Yeah, no joke. Like I saw a few, no, more than a few, what am I saying, in the fourth quarter that I saw. And man, there, was, there would be points where they would show a replay of the Kings like made shot, and they had to quickly go back because all of a sudden uh, Raptors made a fast uh, break point just that quickly like within the next few seconds of us scoring I'm like man we we couldn't stop anyone yeah um, it, like that's the annoying thing like I felt it was a lot more controllable like at least it could get back on defense a little better I get the like it's tough because of the weird positioning of the offense but like show some effort there hustle back there's there was way too much jogging and just you know half-hearted like steal attempts and not trying to get back in position it was just bad um, let, let's move on to just some of the players let, let's just get this shit over with I've, I've had to endure three games of this garbage um on two games the hornets game was good up until the very end but 
Um, Fox was pretty good overall. The defense still sticks out. Like, it's just not good from him. Like, he needs to exert a little bit more effort on the other end. Like, we complain about Buddy a lot, but honestly, like, I can say at this point, De'Aaron ain't much better. Like, he just, he's a fucking turnstile a lot of the time and just reaches in, like, meekly against guys. Like, play the position, put some pressure on the ball, and try not to get blown by as much as you do. Um, Marvin was good. Like, you know, he was grabbing rebounds and he was getting putbacks. I say that he's gotten pretty good chemistry with uh, Buddy Heel, who's not making shots. He's been cleaning up a lot of Buddy's Buddy Buddy's messes, so he's got good chemistry with him on that end. And he actually has some good defensive possessions as well. Like, he actually guarded Siakam decently well on a few possessions and, you know, actually provided good, you know, weak side defense. Uh, Halliburton has some assists, made a few defensive plays, but... He needs to attack and score more. Like I'm looking at a stat. What I'm looking at a stat right now. He had two shots. Two. Mm-hmm. I I get his run. I get his pick and roll mate isn't there. Rashawn Holmes is not there. You need two more. You need more than two shots. Yeah, two shots. Hell, just take a 40 footer. I don't give a shit. Cause guess what? Guess guess what? It's gonna be Buddy Heel taking that 40 footer. Or he didn't take a 40 footer in this one. But like you know, just take some shots away from Buddy. Like, for, forget passing him the ball sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I was, oh. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering, like, why didn't we play him at, uh, much more in the fourth quarter? Because I, I don't even remember him checking in at all. Well, the game was over. So uh, was I mean, we did. I know I know Fox played, but, like, probably just want to see, if, like, if they were they could get anything going. If they could, they'll put back in Halliburton. If they didn't, they weren't going to. And we never got anything going, so. Mm, I see. Okay, well, uh, Alex Lynn was another kind of bright spot, I guess. Like, he did he did kind of just did kind of not wreck the Raptors' front court, but, like, did kind of bully them a little bit. Ended up with eight offensive rebounds, only eight rebounds. How, I don't know how he didn't have any defensive rebounds. That's interesting. Could have used, used them a little bit on defensive on the defensive rebounding side, but sure. Eight offensive rebounds, drew a bunch of fouls. Like, he was physical. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't as scared as, that, as the length. You know, everyone else seemed a little bit timid against the extra crazy length. But like those are long and skinny guys for the most part. Like if you're like if you're a bit of a powerhouse, you can kind of overcome them. And he kind of did, but it just wasn't enough for the Kings. Uh, Barnes and Metsu. I talk about length bothering the Kings. These two got bothered. Like Metsu just could not do anything against against the Raptors players. Same thing with Barnes. Barnes, I think, had one three, and that was it. Just could not get anything going at all. And just, like, you know, with Metsu, he's a G League player, and, like, he, this game just showed, like, man, this is what happens when you go up against NBA players. <laughs> was <laughs> kind of how I like to describe it. And Barnes, like, Barnes, like, is not a guy that blows by guys. And same thing with Metsu. They're not guys that can blow by guys with quickness. They rely on guile and just being kind of tricky. Raptors, like, the, the length just negated all of that. And he, and he couldn't get into the body of the guys consistently either. It was just, it was a ba- it was a tough, rough game for Barnes. Um, and Metsu, it just just wasn't their game. And uh, last note for the play for the Kings players, I think TD should have played more. He ended up playing what, 14 minutes I think. No, he ended up playing 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Buddy, he'll play 27. Let's find a happier medium there. Like let's actually play him play Davis probably more minutes and Buddy less minutes. Like 
it's just I, i'm so done with buddy like the thing with buddy right now i'm actually not i don't mind most of the shots that he takes there were some bad ones and but like it's just he's not hitting open shots and like it's, it's not working and then he gives up so much on defense like just put td out there and just let him just let him do stuff yeah, surprisingly, uh, TD shot a lot less shots than I'm what I used to, what, you know, when I was watching last week. So, I mean, throughout the week, uh, I was looking at the box scores, and, you know, he, he's uh, been improving little by little in offense. Uh, I mean, I don't know about defense, but for sure, buddy, my God. My God. Like, like I don't know what the hell Alvin saw in those games that we won with TD. But I don't know how he came to the conclusion is that we need to give Buddy more minutes and take away TD's minutes. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's all—it's almost like there's there's something coming from like up top, whether it's from Vivek or maybe it's from Monty. You're, you're gonna play this guy. You're gonna pay, play Buddy. And like I don't know if Alvin's hands are tied, but this is frustrating just to see Buddy get the minutes that honestly he does not deserve. He has yeah. not earned them at all. Like he's not hitting open shots. That's the most frustrating part. Like, his shots are open. He's just breaking them. Ugh. Anyways, yeah. uh, on the Raptor side, Delano Phantom. He actually kind of lit up the Kings during the uh, when he was in Sacramento, too. But, like, here, like, he had a nine. He only played nine minutes. But in those nine minutes, he basically gave them, gave the Raptors, like, that cushion that they built off of. Like, he just attacked the defense, like, with Davion on him, no less. Like, he would just get a pick and roll and just set up somebody. Like, he just sliced up the defense like it was, you know, Swiss cheese. And it was, he just, he just looked unstoppable. And it's kind of one of the things, again, about the length. It's particularly tough to deal with if you're the Kings when you have, like, small guards. who with When you have guys that can kind of handle the ball in the Raptors and know how to kind of use the pick and roll. Like, they were just completely outmatched. And then you go to the defensive end. It just looked like there was no communication. Like, this is, I think it was like Alex Lynn or like Damian Jones would try and help on Davion. Immediately, it would be a pass to the role man. And there was no help uh, on the role man. Like, it was just completely disjointed. The communication just looked way off and the defense is just all over the place. It's just a mess right now. Like, the one, like, I, the offense, like, seemed like they had what? I think, I think James Ham, they said, said they had six days off out of nine days. And they clearly worked on some stuff, most of them on offense, but it looks like they just forgot to play defense, which is basically what's been happening in these past, like, in these past six games. I see. Yeah, I was about to ask you that, uh, like, while I was gone. Uh, pretty much, yeah, you know, I guess defense is still pretty bad for our team and still prevalent until today. But uh, overall, like, what other troubles do you think you see from the Kings other than, you know, but it just looks like guys have kind of like they get dejected really quickly in the Cleveland game, like in this in what at the end of the first half, the guys looked completely dejected. They just looked like they completely gave up. You know, they give up that whatever, whatever like 15-0 run or whatever to end the to end the uh, second half or end the first half, and they just look like they didn't want to play basketball anymore. And there are just moments where it looks like that, like. You know, Metsu drops the ball out of bounds. Barnes drops the ball out of bounds. Fox just loses the ball. Like, it's just a lack of focus. And again, there there just doesn't seem to be any communication out there. Yeah, you watch the game. You can kind of hear the players call out stuff, like on the Raptors. But I don't hear anything from the Kings. 
it's a problem. Like that's half of half of defense is just communication and just being on a string together. And they're not they're not they're not connected at all anymore. And it's just I don't know what the issue is. Like I mean I've said it. Like they they need it they need a trade. They just need to get rid of some players. And it's just you're just gonna need a different look for this team. Mm, I see. Yeah, I just saw uh, a post saying that uh, we aren't looking for the Indiana Pacers uh, for was this bonus and uh, Turner anymore. We're still looking at Ben that, Simmons. I'll say, I'll say that report was kind of weird. I think, I think we're talking about the sack B was what I was where I saw it, but I, it basically, so. but basically they, they it said that they hadn't talked to them since last week. Whatever oh. that means is that. I don't know. I guess like maybe they'll like it only takes like, you know, it doesn't take that long to, you know, come up with a trade. Like maybe they maybe like things have changed and like they can make one phone call and boom, there's a trade. Mm -hmm. Who knows that that's what I read. Um, But, you know, I I would love Miles Turner on the scene. Sabonis, I, I can understand it. I don't love it, but like I can I understand why people want him. And, you know, Ben Simmons, I would love him on this team. If Daryl Moore ain't tripping with his asking price, I'm mu- much more willing to play ball with him. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see with him. But last guy I want to shout out is uh, Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn, a lot of people always clamor for him to play. And, you know, what what team better to show your, to show out than the Kings who just <laughs> let him just get whatever the fuck he wanted. And he, he, you know, in what, nine minutes he scored 14 points. Well, no, 14 minutes he scored 14 points. Yeah, pretty, pretty I'm damn just shrug- I'm just shrugging. You can't see me right now. I'm just shrugging. Yeah, he was just shooting over guys pretty much. Yeah, pretty much shot over Bagley. I pre- I'm pretty sure she was unstoppable for, you know, the fourth quarter he played in. And I'm going to assume that he only played in the fourth quarter mostly. Uh, yeah, Malachi Flynn only played in the fourth quarter. Um, for some reason, he's not in the rotation, really. And again, a lot of people on, online complain about him not playing, but I I just saw maybe he should get some minutes, you know? But, you know, a lot of people play well against the Kings. So I don't know if he <laughs> plays better against, you know, an actual NBA defense. So, yeah. Um, as you can tell, um, I, I said I was hoping to be in a better mood. Well, the Kings can fuck up your mood quite a bit when they play like this. And I don't see signs of getting any better un- unless a trade does happen <laughs> somehow. I-, I don't know what that trade is. And, uh, yeah, that's basically where I'm at with this. I- I'm pretty done with the squad. Yep, I guess we shall see. And, you know, our next game will be against the Wizards on Wednesday. And it's going to be at home. So hopefully we get another win at home. It sucks right now that the Lakers are playing well because I would love to rub it so hard in their face. <laughs> Although honestly, I would probably laugh too because Buddy Hill probably would be on a on a bit of a slump right now, and then Lakers Twitter would want to choke him. But like, I mean, seriously, what the fuck were they thinking with the Westbrook trade? <laughs> <laughs> it's always gonna come up. <laughs> I mean, I'm still salty about that about the Kuzma and Montrez thing. It's just oh, yeah. I'll never I'll never get over it. But, like, you know, it seems like they're doing well right now. You know what? Enjoy while it lasts. Because I actually tried to actually, I actually try to make a trade on the NBA trade machine with the Lakers to get them Buddy Heal. There's no fucking way. There's just no, there's no fucking way. Because it, it's, uh, what's his face? It's um, Taylor Horn Tucker at $9 million. 
and that is $40 million of rust. There's no in-between in terms of salary. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I thought that was a joke. No, there, there is literally no in-between. So there, there's no way they can get Buddy healed anymore unless it's a three-team trade. That's a whole nother mess all on its own. But yeah, uh, I guess looking forward to the Wizards game. We'll see how that game comes. Uh, you know, first game back in Golden 1. Uh, let's hope that they pick, th- they pick up their shit and... Or pick... You know, like, pick themselves back up and get their shit together. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we shall see, and I guess we'll see you guys later. 